Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our epistle this morning is that beautiful baptismal text from Romans chapter 6, where St. Paul teaches us about holy baptism and the gifts that God gives to us through it. This text has an important place in our, in our funeral liturgy, reminding us that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead, so too we who have been united to him in baptism will also be raised on the last day. But the benefits of baptism are not limited only to that last day, but rather they apply each and every day of our lives. St. Paul writes, As many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection." Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The themes of death and life so exist strongly throughout the entire text. As many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Through baptism, into death. Raised from the dead, newness of life, likeness of his death, likeness of his resurrection. This is only a small sampling of these eight verses and this sort of language found therein. There are many today who will look at this text and will say, of course, Paul is speaking only symbolically. They will say that Paul is teaching us that baptism symbolizes our death to sin and resurrection to new life. That going down into the water symbolizes dying and being buried. And coming out of the water again symbolizes how we are now live with Christ. This is why for those people, the manner of baptism matters so much. They say, since baptism is only a symbol, only a picture of this, one must be fully immersed in water, fully covered with water like the grave covers a body. That's why we need a large baptismal pool or a river or a lake to be used instead. 
But to say that this language is symbolic is to misunderstand the text. It is to take the text and to form it to our preconceived understanding rather than forming our understanding from the text. Those that want to view it symbolically cannot imagine God working through physical means. But there is no symbol there is no symbolism in this reading. Paul isn't speaking symbolically, but mystically. He is speaking of facts, of what things are, of reality. When Paul says, as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death, he means exactly what he says. All who are baptized into Jesus are baptized into his death. He continues explaining what this means for us. We were buried with him through baptism into death. Through baptism, we are buried with Christ Jesus. Baptism does not symbolize this, but it enacts it. In holy baptism, we die with Christ, and so too, we are buried with him. This is the spiritual reality what happens in baptism, which our eye cannot see, that we die with Christ. We are buried with him, and if we die with him, we are also raised with him. Because this is the reality of the thing, no matter, it does not matter how much water is used for a baptism. A few drops of water is just as valid and effective baptism as all the water in all the oceans. For when we are baptized, we are baptized into Christ Jesus, in connection with him, specifically his death, his burial, and resurrection. And so, dear people of God, know that you have died already. You have been buried with Christ. And if you have died with him, and if you have been buried with him, which you, will, which you have been, then you will also and are also raised with him. Paul writes that we have been united together in the likeness of his death. The likeness of his death. His death and our death in baptism are similar, but they're not the same. Our death in baptism is like his, but not equal. His death is unique among all deaths. His death is one of a kind. For through his death, he made atonement for the sins of the world. His death alone was, was a vicarious sacrifice, a sacrifice on behalf of others. His death paid for all the sins of the world. His perfect and spotless life was worthy so that his blood could cover all sin. His death showed forth the depths and riches of God's grace, that to redeem mankind from slavery to sin, he gave his only Son unto death. This death is a death to end all deaths, even the death of death itself. This death of Christ Jesus cannot be praised highly enough. This, of course, is not our death, but our death in baptism can be like his and is like his. For while his death atones for sin, our death in holy baptism sets us free from sin. His death is the ultimate demonstration of God's love for the world. Our death in baptism is a gracious pouring out of that very same love. 
In baptism, our death is a crucifixion of our old man. That is our old way of life, our sinful way of life before baptism. It is the judgment, the sentencing, and the carrying out of that death sentence. Our death in baptism is being set free from sin's authority over us. As Paul writes, for he who has died has been set free from sin. This is what our very real spiritual death in baptism accomplishes, freeing us from sin. This death of ours is sealed, as it were, in our burial with Christ through baptism. And so if we have died with him and have been buried with him, then we will also be raised with him. Paul writes, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly shall we also be united in the likeness of his resurrection. And again, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Jesus' resurrection on the third day was a demonstration to all the world that his sacrifice on the cross was acceptable and accepted. It was the proclamation that sin indeed had been atoned for on the cross, and so death, the wages of sin, had been defeated and could not hold Christ Jesus anymore. Our resurrection takes place after our death and burial and baptism, and it is thus a resurrection to new life to a life that is no longer under the domain of sin, but rather a life living to God. The one who has died has been freed from sin, and being set free, we may walk in a new life, a life of one who has already died and so does not need to fear death, a life of ones whose sins and old way of life have been washed away and forgiven by the abundant grace of God in Jesus Christ. Of Jesus, Paul says, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. The Lord Jesus had no sin of his own to die to. He, being perfect God and perfect man in one person, was without sin of any kind by his nature. Yet for us and for our salvation, he assumed the sins of the whole world, so that dying he may pay their dreadful cost and leave them behind in the grave when he rose again. His death alone was sufficient to pay for all sins, and now he lives for us in righteousness as his relationship that he had to sin, the relationship he took on by assuming our sins, is ended in his death. In holy baptism, we have died to sin and its power. We have been set free as the work of Jesus Christ is applied to us. Since we have indeed died to sin and its power, how could we return to it? How could we seek to place ourselves under its power after being set free from it? This is why Paul urges the Romans and all Christians to not only acknowledge this fact, but to act on it. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves as to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, we have died to sin, 
So let us reckon ourselves this way. Let us think of ourselves this way. Consider what it means for us and act on it. We are no longer slaves to sin, but freed from it. And just as Pharaoh's army was drowned in the Red Sea when God brought the people of Israel safely through water to free them from slavery and Pharaoh's oppression, so too your sin was drowned and died in the waters of holy baptism as God brought you safely through water from slavery to sin. Let us not be like stubborn Israel and desire to return to slavery, but instead let us reckon ourselves as dead to sin indeed and alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord, because we are. Indeed, we have been united together in the likeness of his death, writes St. Paul. And while we are indeed united together with him, this misses the full impact of what Paul is saying. All of our modern translations put it in a way that sounds nicer to our ears. But the King James Version, even if it sounds odd and strange, has better what Paul says here. When he says, we have been planted together with him in the likeness of his death. Not only united, but planted together. There is an implied growth. Paul needs to tell us that we must reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to God, because while we have died, while we have been buried and raised again, the flesh does not understand this spiritual reality. While we have been set free from the power of sin and its dominion, our flesh still remains tainted by sin. It still desires to sin, and it still desires to use itself for evil. In the next chapter of Romans, Paul makes this clear, saying, Or I delight in the law of God according to the inward being, that is, the Spirit who has died and risen again with Christ. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. We have been set free from sin and its power because we have been planted together with Jesus in the likeness of his death through baptism. Yet the flesh does not understand. The flesh does not realize that we have died already. And so there is a struggle throughout our lives against sin. There is a struggle not only against the temptations from outside of us, but also from the temptations that come from within. Through daily contrition and repentance, the Holy Spirit works within us to mortify the flesh, to kill sinful desires, and to cultivate desires that are God-pleasing, that we may grow in holiness. In this struggle against sin, we still sin daily through our weakness, and so we give thanks to God that he has set us free from the power of sin, that we may live unto him. We thank him that by his grace he daily and richly forgives us our sins and the sins of all believers in Christ Jesus. And so because he has done this for us, because we have been set free from sin's power, because we have died with him and have been raised with him to new life, because he daily and richly forgives our sins, 
let us then present our bodies to God for righteousness, remembering and keeping ever before us that we have died to sin and we live to God. Let us direct our ways according to his righteousness. Because he has set us free, let us serve him without fear of death and condemnation, since we have already died. Let us serve him in holiness and righteousness in his sight, since he has already declared us righteous for the sake of Jesus Christ. Let us serve him in love as we serve our neighbors using all of the various gifts which God has given to us by his grace in order to help and care for those in need without expecting anything in return. For it is by God's grace that we have been saved without any merit or worthiness in ourselves. And so let us likewise freely and graciously live for others. May God grant this unto us all, that we remain in this true and saving faith, that we daily die and rise to sin in our baptism, so that we may receive with Jesus Christ the life everlasting through his merits and mediations. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen. Amen.